You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, knuckleheads? This is Matt. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. Our goal on this thing is just to hang out and talk regular, and we hope you feel like you're just sitting right here with us. Uh, we want you guys to get to know us and what we're like, and we're just going to talk about stuff that's interesting. So if you like this podcast, please recommend it to your friends and subscribe to it on iTunes. You can download it right onto your phone and get it regularly. Our guest today is Matt McDonald from The Classic Crime. We've known him since 2005. We've been touring together through the years, and we, he was just on our 10th anniversary week's end tour. And so we've had a good time with him and have lots of stuff to talk about. He's real fun, interesting, and smart. So we thought you guys would like to hear from him and some stories about The Classic Crime. So we got a great show for you guys today. Also, don't forget, if you have questions for us or stuff you want us to talk about, you got to hashtag it on Twitter, hashtag BadChristianPod. Here we go. Three, two, one. Yeah. Welcome to Bad Christian. It just got real. All right, welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast, episode number two. We are super excited to get this thing rolling. The main thing is uh, that this is on our new website that we got, badchristian.com. It's just launched. What do y'all think about the new website? (laughs) It's awesome. I love it. I I am very surprised by our website. My expectations, Matt knows this, I am hard to please sometimes with aesthetic value of things and... I am really, really happy with that. Yeah, well, Word, WordPress is terrible. Well, we're, well, we're, st- we're still on WordPress, <laughs> but it's going to be much better. <laughs> so, so actually, I mean, he meant terribly awesome. Terribly <laughs> awesome. Um, no, this, this new site is on WordPress, so we're going to do the get everybody caught up on how to use it and everything. But it's, it's not the same way as the old one. It's, it works really good. You will really like it. Yeah, awesome. It works very well. I actually, something it happened today, well. and this is a side note, but just it's funny, speaking of Joey saying things wrong, Today in prayer, saying things wrongly. Yeah. Um, today you, in prayer, you said every facet. Do you say that instead of facet? Or were you joking in prayer? No, I guess I just messed up. You said every facet of, <laughs> of our lives. God, I ask you for every facet of our lives. And I was like, it's facet, right? Well, like, I mean, your wife called me out on saying Missouri. I've been saying that for 25 Missouri. years. Yeah. I used to always say Missouri. I said uh, Minneapolis, just like Indianapolis. And Priscilla's like, what did you just say? And she said, it's Minneapolis. There are so many words that I've been mispronouncing my whole life. And there's like this embarrassing moment where someone calls me out on it for the first time. <laughs> Minneapolis. I think that's the way people are. They don't want to uh, correct people. So they just, you just, that's it. Like people have heard you do it hundreds of times oh, yeah. and thought you were a fool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks. <laughs> Reminds me of the time I was in Walmart actually looking at contraceptives because my wife and I didn't want to get pregnant. And I actually looked up from I was holding a box of condoms and I looked up and I saw this lady uh from our church staring at me with their eyes <laughs> wide open and right when I looked up she looked down to a random place on the ground and didn't say anything and that was it and we never talked about it but I was just like why did it have to be so awkward why didn't you just say oh condoms huh or okay well see you later <laughs> well Joey speaking of buying things at the store 
you know you could buy a new ebook on Amazon.com right now, right? Definitely, and I think you'll probably get the same reaction if you buy it as that lady looked at me really weird. But yeah, it's on Amazon right now for $4.99. The book is called Bad Christian, Great Savior. And uh, I had to tell you, I was blown away. Like I was super excited when I saw the link and clicked on it, and then it was on Amazon. It had our names on it in the book. When I saw it like on that Amazon website, I thought that was super awesome. Like I never... I guess I don't know if I ever thought I would write a book or have something like that, in, you know, with my name on it. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Kind of like getting your first CD made. Yeah, I told my seven-year-old to come up to the computer. I was like, Rosa, your dad wrote this. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Jess is like, oh, that's neat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what's crazy, though, is uh, when you said bad Christian, great Savior, it really does... Uh, remind me of what we hear from many of our readers that there seems to be a lot of Christians that are worried about what we're doing. Like it's serious. I think maybe some of them have come out and said, we're worried about the message that you're getting out. Basically, to make a long story short, you're potentially giving Christianity a bad name. By calling us bad Christians, you're going to cause people to just do whatever they want to do. You know, Christians don't have to try anymore. And I'm thinking to myself, we are actually talking about Jesus being great, and we're talking about humans not being great, and you're upset about it. And on top of that, I think some of the bad reputation that the church has is well-deserved, and that makes sense because, you know, Jesus saved us. But it's just, it's mind-boggling that these are actually Christians here. Almost, to me, I hear it as, whoa, 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 let's water down the gospel. I call them like hall monitors for Jesus. They they just they don't want anybody to get away with anything. They just like that post we did about alcohol the other day that people just they think but what if somebody gets to do something and they can get away with it or or something like that. And I don't think that's the case with sin. Like when we're saying I'm a bad Christian or I have sin or I have messed up stuff doesn't mean it's good or I like it or I get away with it. None of those things. I feel bad about it. I don't like it. I wish I was not a bad Christian. But, you know, people people are afraid that if you give somebody license, then they'll just sin unbelievable and count on the grace of Jesus and that we encourage people to do that. But I don't even think that really exists. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Christians live with no conviction and have no nothing, you know. I don't yeah. think that's even a real thing. Yeah, and I do think there's some validity to what they're saying. And this is where Toby will probably totally disagree with me, but I I don't want to send the message out that we don't change, that Christians do not change. Like, I actually think that Jesus can do a pretty massive uh, heart change with each of us. And, uh, you know, we actually made that preface in our book to make sure people knew, hey, we think Jesus changes things. So, Matt, let me ask you a question. What if a, a reader, what if you're looking at someone face-to-face and they say, listen, you call yourself a bad Christian, um, obviously you cannot be motivated to change. Like if you're just going to chalk it up and say, yep, I'm bad. All of a sudden your motivation's gone to try to be like Jesus. And the Bible says you are supposed to seek him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say that's not true. That's a false statement. I mean, I'm motivated to change and, but I'm motivated by the Holy Spirit and conviction that he gives me. That's what I don't like it when I sin. I don't like it if I get drunk or something happens. Like I go, oh my gosh, and I feel guilty. I feel conviction. I feel bad. And then I have to move forward from there. And through trusting Jesus in that process over and over again, my life is better. I'm 
am free of a lot of sin that I used to not be free of. So, dude, you just won about a hundred church police over just now. They're like, awesome. Well, well, <laughs> so well, they don't believe in sin. Of course not. And my point would be, I fully one hundred percent trust the Holy Spirit. I mean, what, what are we so worried that if we say, hey, actually, we're messed up still? That the Holy Spirit and Jesus can't make a change. Well, yeah, I, the thing for me is I just can't. I just can't get over the. Uh, I have to police. I have to be the fun police. You know, like that's so many people. I don't think get a kick out. Of, I don't know what they get out of that. Like idea of I just don't want other people to. It's like a tattletale or something. I don't even get it. It's well, like a hall monitor. The biggest problem is the most. One of the biggest issues in Christianity, I feel, and this might be excluded to, more to the South or something like that, the Bible Belt, but. Ma- majority of the things that people don't do are just so other Christians don't see them. Right. I, I just read a really cool uh, article. I don't know if you read that either, Joey, uh, from Mike. I think it's Michael Gunger, the yep. man Gunger. Yeah. And he said that uh, this last tour, this is a pretty popular, uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, Matt, but it's a pretty popular Christian artist. Yeah, they win really, best album yeah, a lot. In the really, they're really a good neat, band. Really, good really band. neat musicians, great music. It, it is really interesting. He said this last tour they did was all in bars, and he said the bars would never have anybody there, and there were just bartenders there that were making no tips. So the bartenders obviously think, don't think Christians are cool because they had to come to work and make zero money. And he, he said, you know what? I, I would have to reckon that all, a lot of these Christians come here for a secular band and go and buy a beer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, absolutely. So the, absolutely. The only it's reason, the same people. Yeah. It's just the crowd. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're yeah. a guy and somebody, you're an actor, and somebody finds out you're Christian, like, oh, that's really cool. But if you're if you're like a Christian person doing a thing, then all of a sudden you're under a ton of scrutiny. Like you can't. I don't yeah, get it. Why Why would they not go see Gunger in a bar? No, they're, because they're at a Christian show. So that's a Christian playing. So no Gunger's playing at a bar. Oh, so basically they're just like, oh, you can't mix the two? No, I, but, I just, but those some of those same fans that are Christian, they also went the week before and saw, you know, a secular band that they like, which is fine, and they did buy beer at that show. Yeah, I, I guess I don't, I don't see that. I think the same Christians that wouldn't go into a bar to see Gunger, they're not going to go into a bar. Period. No, I, I totally disagree. There are tons of people that love U two or Coldplay and would go to a, an arena and buy a beer or something like that. But if they were at a Gunger show at a bar, they uh, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna avoid it. Even if it's just almost subconscious that people do that, they yeah. they won't do it. I mean, I have family members that won't come to see my band play because it's a bar and grill. Huh. And I'm just yeah. like, I mean, what are you doing? We're family, right? I mean, what 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 is this saying to the world? And I don't care what anybody says. This goes right back to uh, Jesus' first miracle. I mean, whatever. You, if you want to say it was not very alcoholic or whatever, man, these people were totally abusing grape juice then. I mean, they were downing grape juice like unreal. They were doing <laughs> three cake, days. Yeah, three days of just massive grape juice. That ain't the best thing for you anyway. So if it's not, if it wasn't alcoholic, have a pretty good suspicion though when you call something wine it means it's wine yeah one also of, there's a word called grape juice yeah one so of our readers one of our readers actually posted i think on our facebook they said hey they actually heard their pastor in a message say and when jesus turned water into grape juice and he didn't even skip a beat he's being serious <laughs> like what, what i mean let's so let's is that not totally just taking the Bible and you abusing it for what the text Absolutely, actually says? Yeah. Anyway, so, but getting back so to that, Tom, do you saying, think they should have a beer garden at Cornerstone next year? Yes, of course. <laughs> I want to tell Joey the story about us in Canada. Uh, okay, yeah, exactly. Let me finish uh, uh, this one point, though, with that. Exactly what you're saying. If somebody would go to a Christian festival and get wasted, don't, isn't that where they need to be seen getting wasted? 
then that where the problem should be visual and you go, oh, hey, actually, this person has a problem with alcohol. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, lead into that story because this is really embarrassing for me. I don't. I really don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I, I actually am embarrassed, and I don't even think it's that big of a deal, but I feel a little bit like, is anybody going to say anything to us or just think we're pieces of shit? <laughs> Welcome to Bad Christian, folks. Okay, so we played about a few weeks ago. We played a festival in Canada. So we do these fly-out festivals a lot. All right, so a few weeks ago, we this can. means Toby's on staff with me, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This, I mean, this, Come you on. Know, <laughs> edit that. <laughs> okay, so we're a few weeks ago, we go to this <laughs> festival in Canada. We had just gotten done. It was on the way home from the living room shows. And the place we were playing is in the middle of nowhere it's on the border between saskatchewan and alberta okay and it was cool it was an awesome festival the people there are great it's a christian festival we do several of them a year so we fly in there and then we drive out uh it's probably three hours from a major city in a horse arena a, a big christian festival kind yeah. of. so it was a good festival and i love the people that put it on they were super nice they were great especially our driver he was awesome um so when we get to these festivals and hotels and stuff like that, we, we, you know, we always drink at our normal shows. We always have beer around in the green room and on our bus and stuff like that. So for us to not have any alcohol around whatsoever just feels, honestly, it feels weird. Yeah. So, um, and it's, and it's, it does never, it just makes total sense because we're in a bar, we're in a green room and there's a case of beer there. So we're all, you know, it's just always around. So and it's I, always would even, kinda, I would even say too, on, on our part, we probably should have maybe even just talked to one of the people. I probably should have said, Hey, would it be okay if we went somewhere and, uh, you know, had some food or a beer. Or something. I should have done that, and I didn't do it. So, but I mean, the whole thing is alcohol is a, w- a weird, a tense thing, right? I don't know why. I just don't think it should be. As a matter of fact, on a side note, uh, there's a real clear difference when we do living room shows. There's there's basically two kinds of living room shows. There's the really good ones where there's alcohol and the hosts are non-Christian, and then there's the really awkward one where the hosts are Christian and they're really uptight and there's no alcohol at the living room show. So that I don't know why that is. I don't think it should be that way. It doesn't make sense to me. And, of course, there's a lot of cool Christians too, and everything doesn't revolve around alcohol. Yeah, so only the but, drinkers are cool is what no, you're saying. No, I mean, I'm just saying if you're having a show, a party, a hangout, it just, it's just crazy that, that there's some something where everybody wants to be super careful because what if, what if, what if? That's not a way to live. I would clarify that statement with what Matt is actually saying as well is just the, the fact that alcohol is there, everybody seems a little bit more relaxed and goes, oh, well, uh, you know, man, if Matt and Toby are having a beer, this is pretty chill. This is relaxed. Instead of if it's not there, then it's like people, oh, this is an event and I need to be here and be quiet because this is what I'm doing instead of, oh, yeah, let's have some fellowship. Let's hang out. Yeah. I mean, And it's that, a matter of yeah. hospitality too. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just like people, you know, a lot of times the Christian hosts and stuff are just they're stiffer and they're not they're not even as nice with food and or anything. So, you know, people that are chill and you can have alcohol. It's All right, just, get on it's a, with it. Get on with it. So at this festival, basically, we had beer in the hotel room from the night before and pizza. So Toby brings his backpack and we have like four beers in Toby's backpack and we're in a horse stable green room where they have it sectioned. So, you know, like in a horse stable barn where there's like cubicles. So we're back there and we're sneaking these, be- we're just drinking these four beers out of the Toby's backpack. And just, it feels weird. It feels super awkward and stuff like that. So there's a, all right. And we look at the time and we're supposed to play at like 11 at night and it's six o'clock. Oh my God. Like it's 6 PM and we just drank one and a half beer, like one and a half, three quarters of a beer each when we shared them. And we're like, this totally sucks. And we're just, they have, they didn't even have any food. They had like a Mountain Dew and a, some Chex Mix maybe back there or something. <laughs> I mean, we still don't play for hours and hours and we're in the middle of nowhere. So we're like, let's just go walk around. Let's go find a restaurant. Maybe we could find a bar, you know. 
we walked down. We didn't find a bar or restaurant or anything, but we did find a liquor store. So we're like, okay, let's go in this liquor store. So we go in the liquor store and buy a, uh, I don't know, like an eight-pack of Tall Boys or something like that. So we each had a, a beer. So then we said, okay, well, where, where can we drink it now is the problem. So we were out in this neighborhood. So we just walked around this neighborhood in the park walking around drinking the beers out of like paper bag and then we <laughs> and, then, and then we found a park bench to sit on like uh, in front of this building so we sit in front of this park bench so now it's about a mile from the festival all the guys in emory are sitting on a bench drinking beers out of cans <laughs> right across the street from the festival and then we get up to walk away from there to walk back to the festival and a cop pulls up right beside us and it was like whoa is there what and this is a, a a lady and she gets out of the car and goes hey, hey gentlemen 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 and she goes well, we got some reports of uh people sitting outside drinking alcohol or drinking beer was that what did she say, Toby? Do you remember? Well, at this point, I was I, I was weak as water. <laughs> I was I was scared to death. I thought I'm in Canada. I'm going to get caught drinking alcohol in public. We don't even know the rules here. And so she was like, "Oh, hey guys, there's been reports of some people walking around drinking in this neighborhood," and I and everybody's totally quiet. And Matt goes. Yeah, that was us. <laughs> I was like, man. I was like, I was like, yeah, we just had some beer. We just, no, you know, we just had some beer. Is that is that not okay? And she's like, yeah, well, you know how people are. They were just, I was just, you know, called, so I'm just coming to check it out. And so it was a huge relief. Like right then, we thought maybe we're going downtown, or we were, you know, going to get arrested, not get to play our performance and it was because we were out drinking in public yeah at at outside of the christian festival right there so yeah when we played um, like a few hours so I, and, yeah. I, and i just thought man this is gonna be terrible i'm gonna get i'm gonna be in jail what is this gonna mean to my life my and it was just something so <laughs> simple it wasn't we weren't even doing anything i mean we were not like slaughtered or hammered or anything we we're just trying to just do anything in this town to just have some type of entertainment. So it's the, and the funny thing is probably the people at the festival, they probably like bars and drinking too. So why do we have to go walk around and, and do that? Like, why couldn't it just be more, more normal? Or maybe that's way out of bounds, but I mean, us and other bands at Christian festivals, I mean, we drink, it just happens. I mean, I don't know if that's super awful or bad or not. I don't think it is, but it's weird how that. So just, you don't, it just sounds so bad, or people talk about it. People are so concerned with that. That's the weird part about it. But yes, Emory almost got arrested in Canada before and not able to play their festival for drinking in public. Yeah, gum. <laughs> it's almost a really boring story. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I was kind of that was boring. Yeah, it's kind of anticlimactic. I mean, I yeah, thought, no, yeah, thought Toby was gonna. I was looking for the punchline. Toby loses his temper. <laughs> That's seriously where I thought the story was gonna go. Toby loses his temper and says something that he regrets. Hey, yeah, let's go back to the condom story. We, you had us rolling. That was awesome. Man, your stories are way better than mine and Matt's. We almost were had to be transported from another country because of doing something illegal. No, that's the thing is you weren't almost nothing. Nothing even came close to well, happening. It was scary. If, if if a bear chases you, you don't tell the story. If you don't get if it don't, you don't get bit, you don't tell the story. That's an exciting story. A bear chasing you. I'm sorry. I just didn't think that story. But then was we got away. So you know, boring story. All right, so uh, we have a special thing now. We have a guest, which we've not had before on the podcast. So we're going to have our first guest, and he probably knows a thing or two about what we're talking about. Our guest today is Matt McDonald from the Classic Crime. Matt, are you here? Yes, sir, I am. Welcome. Matt McDonald. Matt Matt McDonald. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you hear our story about almost getting arrested in Canada? Yeah, I've heard that story before, but I I, I liked the the rehashing of it. I liked liked thinking about you guys in some podunk town walking around with tall boys. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, so so you heard it the second time. You heard it the second time and thought it was good. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's just so it's wow. it's you guys are so counterculture. You just have to you just have to push against the flow, don't is, you? Is that not something the classic crime would do? You can't go one no, we, we probably can't do that either. I mean we, we probably wouldn't have gone along with, with whatever rules we're always looking to break them to, but I don't know. Part of me thinks that you just have to sometimes you just have to suck it up and just just do what people expect you to do even though you don't want to don't you think so don't you think Uh, that's sometimes better not if you can get away with it (laughs) (laughs) which you almost did not yeah that's true but we were bored yeah i mean was was, the lesson did you hear we have four hours before we played (laughs) is the lesson then that that um that just i don't know what is the lesson that you that you shouldn't that you shouldn't do that that you should just not drink at a at a at a festival that i just disallows it you're right that is what we rail against because what i desperately want to do is almost get caught or or people to know it and it be like yeah this is that's what i'm trying to do on the podcast today i want people to know that that's what we're doing that's what you're saying so you're saying party party wants to get caught party i don't want to go to jail in canada no but yes but you want you you sort of like you know you're putting it out there to sort of uh, hopefully hopefully you get caught so that it's exposed in, in, a, in a way that's sort of not not you having to explain too much. It's just, I want everybody to loosen up, and that's what that's what the other people are like too. The cop wanted to go out drinking with us. The other people at the festival, I'm not saying everything revolves around drinking, but I just sure. wish Christian culture would loosen up. That's the point. Yeah. Well, I would say, for example, also Project 86 was, was there, and I guess I don't know for sure if they drank or anything like that, but they went to a pool hall, shot pool, and went to a, a bar grill place and with mm-hmm. and the and the and the festival people took them there. So I think on this instance, I do think it's probably our fault. We just it, we we probably assumed people would think we're crappy instead of yeah. you know just having a beer. And so right. um, so so that's the downside I think of this story is that we I do think we were in the wrong. Y'all don't ever get in trouble. Oh no, we've been in we've been in plenty of trouble. Mostly because the the crew and the people we bring out with us tend to be uh, a little less uh, refined. Do you guys have non Christians work for you? Yeah, yeah. Like we your have crew friends. and managers and people like that. Yeah, and we have we have Christians that behave a certain way that's counterculture. So it's um you know, and we have we have people who you know struggle with certain things and believe certain things and you know actually this reminds me of a story long time ago um when when we did the tooth and nail tour with you guys in 2006 and we um we were getting paid like a hundred bucks a night or whatever which barely took care of gas but that's what you do when you're an opening band and there was a there was a show on the way back at a baptist college and we were um booked with you guys at that show and for us, it was like it was a huge show because they're going to pay us five hundred dollars, which to us was just like you know we're driving to Seattle from Florida. We're gonna we're gonna need the gas money. And I remember that they canceled the show on you guys because your rider had beer on it. Do you remember this? No, <laughs> you don't remember this. It's happened more than once, but yeah. So, <laughs> so they canceled the show. They said we um we have to cancel the show um because you guys have beer on your rider. And I think I remember you guys going, you know, your management going, oh, we take the beer off. We don't need the beer. You know, we're, that's just something we ask for. We, and they, they, they just said, well, we just can't in good conscience book a band, have them on our campus who goes around the country asking for beer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's just the weird. That's just the weird thing about. It. We had another festival that we didn't get to play one time. That was a. It was pretty much the largest sum of money we were ever going to get paid to play. Yeah, because they heard an interview where I want to say it. It was <laughs> okay. Dave, our drummer, and it was Joey from Amberlynn, and they were asking. Yeah. They were doing an interview. In an somehow, interview. yeah, somehow they were in an interview together. They asked, hey, "What's what's the last song you listened to in, in, in your car or in your radio or CD player, or whatever iPod?" And uh, Joey said like a really classy answer. It's probably something like U2 or some indie band, you know, this cred band. And Dave said, two live crew, me so horny. And, <laughs> which is and, true. Which is true. The festival somehow came across that interview and said, we heard That's that it. Dave listened to me so horny, you cannot come to our festival. <laughs> wow. And, and I was like, yeah. what? And I mean, we talked, I actually had to talk to them on the phone about the song, me so horny. <laughs> I was like, listen, the song that Dave listened to, me so horny, well, you know, I'm talking to this head high up in a festival <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> it was the edited version. Yeah, yeah exactly. Me so. <laughs> so anyway, it was terrible because I actually had to talk to them. And at the end, by the end of it, I was just like, okay, I get it. You just, you're not going to do this. And, and is it, I mean, are you just getting out of something? Is this like a, a clause that you have to, maybe your festival wasn't doing that good? Or is it, just, did you overpay? And you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to take this. I mean, they, I talked to them forever and I made some really good points and the guy seemed like he understood and then that was it. So it, I just, I mean, yeah, really? that stuff's happened to us. A See, I don't time. know. I, and it I, was all- that does not surprise me and, and it almost doesn't even disappoint me as far as uh, that. I mean, because I could just imagine, you know, they're thinking I, we got to be above reproach. We can't send the wrong message to teenagers. Like, what if teenagers think that Emory is cool with premarital sex and all that stuff? I, I disagree with the call, and I want to stretch churches to uh, have teens more exposed to culture and not see culture as such a bad thing to avoid. Um, but that, I guess that doesn't bother me that much. I just don't think everything that anybody do is a political everybody, theological what position. Did you just say anything that everybody do? Anything that anybody do. <laughs> anything that anybody do, I don't think is a stance or a political thing. What is that that is a fact. He listened to that song. That doesn't mean that's not a statement. Why in Christianity is everything this is my statement. This so therefore I mean why is there a therefore after I heard that song, or I drank yeah. that beer. I, I don't think so it doesn't necessarily it's just it is what it is. I have a, well, question, a question for Matt McDougal. Okay, go ahead. Uh, it's McDonald, by oh, the way. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> My bad. Uh, do, you, do you read uh, Bad Christian stuff? Uh, occasionally, yeah. I've read a few have you, blogs. Have you read anything that you were just like, uh, that's kind of that's close to crossing a line? I'm not sure if I agree. Um, I mostly agree with everything topically yeah. that, that that I read. I, I think that it's – I think that I, I hold the same belief. But I think sometimes some things are worded – more provocatively than they need to be. Yeah. I like that it's honest. I'll take that it's honest over the fact that it's provocative any day. Like if it's, you know, I, I appreciate honesty even even when it comes with a certain level of of angst. Yeah. Now, do so. you think do you think that's uh the analysis that you just gave as, as, you know, a negative, would you say that that would be better for Christians if it was less provocative or that it would just be better in general for unbelievers and Christian readers? Uh, I think it needs to be what it is, you know. I Yeah, cuz I I, I guess opinion. I think it's it's actually uh healthy for 
the non-Christian listeners, because obviously we believe in Jesus, we want everybody to to know him. And so I think it's like a wall breaker. Like I think um, unbelievers reading our stuff and then they just see, like you called it provocative language, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow, this this actually kind of makes sense. I don't feel well, like Jesus. Jesus, Jesus used provocative language. You, yeah. know, you brood of vipers, you right. know, whitewashed tombs, that whole thing. I mean, that's really creative, provocative language. And, and I think that probably that's why they killed him. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think there's a place for that, definitely. Yeah. And I think that the, the Internet is lacking that place. And, I think and that's Bad weird, Christian too. is that place. Well, it's just, I'm not saying it, we're anything amazing. Other, We're just people just being what we are. That's the only thing we're trying to be. However, somebody like we wrote something the other day or somebody did it and a, a critique of somebody that Joey had at his church is like, yes, but think about that. It might, if it's done in love, it needs to be, that could be said, but it could be said really more lovingly, you know, because it was kind of direct. I was talking about our book and how it was maybe too direct about mm-hmm. saying what was wrong with the world sure. and the church, because that's not, that's not loving. It could be more loving. And I'm thinking, was what Martin Luther put on the door of the church loving? Yeah, yeah. You know, Martin like, Luther wasn't perfect. You can't make oh, he that. Was, he was um, jump. No, I'm not saying he was, he was an I'm saying, but should he have not done that? <laughs> like, like, no, nobody told Martin Luther. Well, you should go to the bishop in love. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, he just said he just said what it was and what he thought about it. Well, that's I'm the thing. Saying, is, you're going, us, but you're, you know, you're going to appeal to certain people. Just like, you know, like you're gonna. I actually love hanging out with you guys because you free me up to just say whatever I think, and it's not emotional. Nobody takes nobody takes offense to it um but that's bad when i'm with my wife and when i come back from touring (laughs) with you guys i have to like i have to re reassess how i speak you can't say everything i can't just be be like that's stupid why would you do that that's dumb i hate that you know you can't say that to your wife you have to speak more gently that's more of a gender thing i think that's more of a gender thing it could be. Um, I, I think, yeah, guys probably speak more bluntly than, than, than ladies. But I think culturally you, I feel free when I'm around you guys because I don't feel like I have to tiptoe, walk on eggshells. I can just say whatever I want. Um, but some people are going to be really offended by that. And you're just going to – those people are going to take one look and bounce bounce away But, and Matt, what's back. way better about being able to say whatever you want is being able to be open about what you are. And that's what we want. And that's what we're after. And that's what feels even better than, oh, I get to say this thing or feeling, but to, to actually show who you are and be comfortable sure. around people because what they're going to they're gonna say whatever's true and there's no – immediate judgment or whatever it's like you know i've heard all the guys in the bands say stuff that is true about themselves that's really messed up yeah but and that's not an excuse that i mean it's okay and i wouldn't encourage them to do that more but it's if it's true at least there's a place where that can be said and done so i think that's the best feeling is you know to be able to be who you are i'm gonna make a i'm gonna make a bold bold statement like if someone asked me they said when it comes down to it why do you guys cuss why is there why do you have to do that i would seriously have to say i feel convicted to do so like i mean i i really i feel like if we cleaned up our language then we'd be kind of going outside of where god wants us and here's why i believe there's a lot of real deal christian leaders that are doing an excellent job 
in their communication and they're very tidy. They're careful of how they say things and very precise. They don't do anything to offend people. And then you have, you know, like these radical Christians that they're just like, F everybody. We don't care what the F we say. If you don't like it, you know, get out. Uh, don't don't read us and that sort of thing. I feel yeah. like we're in between. Here's what I think. I think Matt makes a good point, Matt McDonald. Uh, I think we do try to ruffle the feathers, and we true we do sometimes try to be provocative just for provocative <laughs> sake, if you, if you will. Like I, I think that is true. I think the thing about that, and this is why I'm I'm glad you said what you said too about feeling kind of free to talk around us, is that we just try to push it everything kind of as far as we can go because we know we're wrong anyway. So if we push it that far, somebody's going to say <laughs> something actually intelligent in critique of us, and if it's in love then it's a good thing. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like the things you said, like some of it, I go, Oh, I'm taking that to heart and going, okay, I kind of am learning from this, even this conversation. So I think it's good. We definitely want to, we want, we want some crazy person in Oklahoma telling us, you know, Oh my gosh, you're the worst people ever. And it, cause we want to expose them for who they really are. And they're exposing us for who we really are as well. It's the same thing. I, I think, think it's, go ahead. Sorry. I don't, I, well, I don't feel, I don't feel freedom even on my Facebook being, you know, a former tooth and nail artist to, to speak, how I would normally speak to my wife even, you know, like I don't yeah. even feel like, cause I, we use, we use slang terms for jokes all the time, just between, <laughs> between each other. Yeah. I was flying home from tour with you guys and I, I just realized that I had not had like a controversial statement on my Facebook in a long time. So I was like, what, what am I doing something wrong? What's the deal? And someone responded back to me on Twitter and said, um, just drop the F bomb again. That, that seemed to work. And uh, so I just quoted them. I said, that's that's a fucking great idea. (laughs) Like just I totally get the idea of being slightly I was slightly irresponsible, slightly provocative. I I I quoted a, a pun. I used the F word to get a response. But the result of that ended in a really civil conversation about language and and what it really means yeah and and so I, I i definitely see that that good can come of that and i i i practice that as well yeah so matt i want to talk about the stuff you got going on with your uh you mentioned leaving tooth and nail which we've done as well so we're kind of kindred spirits in that too that we're doing our own thing we're releasing our own music and so are you how have you found that to be i found it to be hard um but good like like anything that's good it's difficult it's a lot more work you know, I wake up every day with tons of stuff to do, so that's good. Um, yeah, it's been it's been it's been fun. It's been you know I, I feel like I'm blazing a trail every day. There's something new that I have to do and learn. And um, how about crowdfunding specifically? You enjoy doing that? Yeah, we uh, came out of the gates um, right right from from leaving the label to to doing a Kickstarter to fund a record, and that was really successful for our record, Phoenix. And, um, and that was just kind of like a reiteration of, of, of what we need to be doing sort of, we were kind of lost a little bit without the label and without direction and knowing whether or not we should be doing this music thing. And so as a sort of a last ditch effort, we did this Kickstarter and, and people really responded 286% of our goal was raised. And, um, and so that was like, sort of like a we took it as a sign like we we need to be doing this this people really really are impacted by our music they they're still responding and you know while they still respond we should be providing them with it so my brother laughed at me so you're going back to the well 
as we're doing another Kickstarter. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back until it's dry. You know, I don't know. I'm going to keep making music until people don't want to hear it anymore, I guess. How, how do you find people think about the, the whether or not they're supporting or giving or donating or buying? Like, how do you sort that out? I was more... I was more worried about it the first time because I didn't I don't want people to feel like we you know they were giving us something. I wanted to make packages that people would want to pre-order and and buy. Um and I think we did that and I think everybody was so happy with what they got for the money and with the whole experience of actually supporting yeah, that's us. That's way I feel. But we're kind of new to the whole thing um doing this this thing and we really kind of use you guys and what you've done as a model cuz it's been so successful. Uh but we're you know we really really enjoy the crowdfunding thing and doing the campaigns that we have on our site because you know, basically, we can put something up for sale in an hour. It could even be a song, a new song, and we can sell it or give it away or whatever. And then within hours of there, we could give it to the people and they can download it and it's just direct, you know, cut yeah. everybody out. But, uh, you know, but some people always see it like, wait a minute, if I'm going to give to Emory, I'm going to give to to Matt and Toby or Bad Christian, is it a donation or is it like a nonprofit or is it like, am I giving to God even? Like, I think people think sometimes. And that's sure. that's the weird thing. I don't want to sound like a beggar. It's not necessarily begging. Yeah. I just want to offer stuff that people like and, and sure. they want to buy it and stuff like that. So I was wondering how you had found that to be. Well, I think people really like to support um, stuff that they like. So I, I, you know, I pulled everybody on our Facebook and I said, what do you guys think? We can either one, raise the money on our own, to do a record we can two just use what we have in savings you know be a low budget thing or three we can do a kickstarter what do you want us to do and 96 percent of people said we want we want a kickstarter like, that's awesome shut up and take my money that's what that's what they said to us because they love the experience of walking along with us getting those updates as we make the record of having their name in, in the record of backing us and being a part of you know sort of our 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 family or what was the thing you just did acoustic we're doing stuff? uh yeah we're doing like a 10-year anniversary um just uh, acoustic renditions of of some of our old songs um it's called the what was done volume one album awesome. and uh we want to do more volumes of it because we yeah we'd love to do that too that sounds really awesome so matt uh, so like having been on tooth and nail now doing it basically being your own label is it better like interaction with your fan wise i mean like a label can do a lot for you but you're doing a lot sure. for yourself that's hard it's hard to know um we don't tour that much anymore so when we go out we we uh we have more people show up because we're out you know, less frequently. Yeah. So, uh, so it's hard to know exactly if, if, if that's translating better. I think that the truth is when we got rid of the middleman altogether and we didn't really get rid of the middleman, they just disappeared. The fact that we, we are now face to face with our fans and we're connected by, you know, a single thread and there's nobody in between us. I think that has caused our core group of fans, like people who would, who would spend $10, you know, buying our music, that core group, I think, has has become more committed. Well, I'm not even necessarily yeah. talking about the record sales, but I just, I guess, what I'm saying is like, just having been on this last tour with you, I was just really, I was like, man, it's so awesome. The response you got every night, like, you definitely have a killer fan base, and it, and it's what what I think is happening is since you've kind of taken your even the sales side of and production side of your music in your hands, it almost has reignited a little bit to me. It seems like. I mean, to be able to sell out, you know, meet, meet your goal in four hours, that, that stuff doesn't happen on labels as much. You know what I mean? Like, it, you, no, you know, no. there's like, oh, you know, there'll be all this big promotion and, you know, there'll be four months to build up into the record release and all this stuff. And now you're just going, hey, this is what we're doing. And people are just losing their minds. So I just think that's, I just think that's really neat. Like, I think, 
your fan base now might even be better in a sense because they're definitely it, yeah, better. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. So that's what I think. So better. cool. I mean, and I mean, you're making a a living off of. You're doing all these amazing things, and and so I just think that's really cool. That that's what I was getting at for sure. Because I, I was just, it, it's really neat to see you on on tour. See, you know, you selling merchandise, and also just hearing stories like that. Like, I mean, four hours hit our goal. And people, and even after you reach yeah. your goal, you know, it's a great problem to have if after you reach your goal, people are mad that you're making more money because you have that many fans. <laughs> you know, what, you want to say, no fan, don't, don't support me. You know? Well, there was a huge backlash on the, on the first Kickstarter where, where people were really offended. And they weren't fans, per se. They just heard about the Kickstarter and then saw that we had raised $30,000 overnight and then, uh, and then they were, they were really, really mad about that. For some reason, they that was a uh, that was offensive to them that we would even you know require that amount of money to make a record. Yeah, even probably that's, they're probably liberal Democrats. It, <laughs> <laughs> that's messed up. I'm just yeah. kidding. We're in the I south. We're in the it south. Should have been government funded, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, can we uh, can we keep can we keep Matt around for the discussion about politics? That's funny that yeah. Toby said that. Yeah, we'll do that next. We, I want to talk. I want to say uh, this tour we keep referencing. What tour are we doing here, Matt? Why don't you tell them about this tour uh, we're in the middle of right now? The weeks end, uh, the weeks end ten year anniversary tour. Um, I, I went on it with you guys on the East Coast, and it was kind of central. And now we're doing West Coast in a month, right? Yep, we're doing that, and it be, that starts in on January twenty fourth in Seattle. We're doing the whole West Coast. Uh, tickets are available now on badchristian.com. You go in the campaigns, and you can find. That we're doing all kind of fun things where there's barbecues and VIP and you can meet and greet and hang out with us and stuff like sometimes that. Sometimes I sometimes I crash the barbecues because I want the food. Yeah, but I'm not really a part. I'm not really a part of it. So the fun <laughs> thing about this is, is Matt McDonald rides with us in our van on on this tour. So he's he's around us all the time because so he's just playing <laughs> acoustic by himself. So we're actually really. Uh, spending a lot of time with him is really fun to hang out and talk to. So I'm the one smuggling the beer in, into the church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the beer carrier. He's our wingman now. It's awesome. Yeah. The beer mule. We, we get now we're, we get padded down, so we have to get yeah. to the mule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt McDonald wouldn't have any beer. He let him through. <laughs> Uh, so thank He's you for being for, for being our first guest on the thing here. Do you want to hang out a little bit longer? We'll talk about another topic together. Sure, man. My band's not here for practice yet, so I can keep going. Okay, nice. your garage looks great, by the way. Thank you. Fresh paint. All right. Uh, Joey, what are we talking about next? Well, just the post that one of our more recent posts uh, on politics. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, I, I mean, I just made a, a bold statement, and I know a lot of people probably thought that it was two ruffle feathers, but what I just— What was the statement? Well, that basically Christians do not have a responsibility to be involved in politics. I've I've definitely heard—now, I think it, it could be a good idea. I think it could be patriotic, but I don't think that someone's being a bad Christian <laughs> uh, by not uh-huh. voting. Um, the Bible only gives two instruct, uh, pieces of instruction with the government, and it's submit or pray. And I just think it's kind of crazy how cr- uh, how ballistic people go about, I cannot believe you didn't vote. And, you know, pastors saying, vote, vote, vote. Again, that doesn't offend me a bit, but it's crazy that some people are more excited about voting than they are about praying. And uh, I certainly <laughs> don't think that that people getting voted into office is going to change people's hearts for Christ. So I do get pretty passionate about this topic. Well, that goes back to what I was saying about the the, uh, 
fun police and the hall monitors. Chris, they really do uh, a lot of times really just want to limit what other people can do just because it makes them uncomfortable. It has nothing to do with Jesus or sin or or anything. But there's like this general notion that well, if we can keep people from sinning, the world will be better off. But we can't keep people from sinning. It's, even if we can, laws aren't the way to do it, and it's not. It doesn't help anybody to not sin. Yeah, that's not our goal. And I know this. I know this will sound like gloating. Without Jesus, I'm saying. Yeah, this will sound like gloating, but uh, for someone who does not vote regularly, I am way more respectful to our current president than people who I know vote legalistically. I don't agree mm-hmm. with hardly any of the president's policies, but you'll never hear me. Uh, crash on them, where some people that I know that are just like, you have to vote, also call the president an asshole. And um, <laughs> I mean, it's just, to me, it's just backwards. You, yeah, I you, think, I you think send funny. me a text every day like it's an Obama joke. I get that every day from you. <laughs> <laughs> Obamajokes.com, you, you send me that. Obama well, I jokes. didn't write that post, and I'm, 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 it's probably a good thing I didn't because I would have weighed in pretty heavily too. But I, I kind of stay out of it, and I always joke, I'm a political agnostic. I just don't believe i don't see i don't care it doesn't matter to me at all i've never voted i don't really think i ever will and uh, to me it's just same way people are agnostic about god they go i I have no no clue about any of that stuff and i don't care yeah and that and that does not make you hate your country either because a lot of people actually love obama i think he's the greatest president because he's so chill i love it (laughs) (laughs) and i I love our country and i support the president because that's what we have we have a democracy right so whoever wins is the right guy Sure. There's no there's no such thing as the right guy not winning. Otherwise, you're saying I don't believe in democracy. I believe in I I should say what happens. That's sure. interesting, man. So, so I think the right guy always wins in a democracy because that's our country. I think our country's awesome. I love it. Our president's awesome. Everybody should always love our president. But then uh, then then you're I don't care about voting or policy or anything like that. Yeah, but then I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna call BS on you because if you do a lineup and you like, ma'am, which one of these guys stole your purse and hit you over the head and she picks the wrong guy. Are you saying, nope, that's she picked the no. right guy because lineups are supposed to work. No, I'm saying no, I'm not saying I'm just saying democracy is that that's you should support it however it goes. That's what I'm saying. I, I mean I see what you mean, but our system is for that's the way we decide who the president is. So you shouldn't be that upset about it if the other guy wins. That's because our country wanted the other guy to win. Not your guy. Yeah, yeah, I would love it too if those people were that wore the "Not My President" T-shirts would just g- actually leave the country. Yep, they should go off. Why, why wouldn't you back it up? I mean, you'll buy a nine ninety nine T-shirt on some stupid website, and uh, that's I, that's building the economy, though. That's, what do you think? Good. That is that is what true. Do you think, Matt? I tell t- yeah. Let's get Matt's thoughts. Nobody wants to hear Toby. Well, Sorry. I, I, no, I think it's I think it's funny um, when people are so opposed to the idea of persecution of the church in America. Um, that it that it would somehow be just a terrible thing to be under the gun as a Christian. When you look at the birth of the church and how persecuted it was and how it flourished in that, and you look at the you know Christianity in China, how how when it was totally persecuted, how it flourished and it spread. I think that the nature of Christianity is that it has to be an underground movement to really, really flourish and be true and be real. These house churches that are like meet undercover at night, that's sort of the foundations of the movement. And to me, this whole concept that we have to make sure that our, our country is a Christian nation, that it ha- we have to have the Ten Commandments out there, we have to have prayer in schools, we have to have all this stuff. You no, know, everyone's a Christian because we have these things. Why not make those things illegal 
and then see who's a Christian. Make yep. those things, make, make people be hunted in their homes and then see who's really a Christ follower. Because to me, that really separates the, the, the real ones from the fake ones. And I think we have way too many fake ones because it's so pop culture right now to be a Christian, you know, or, or whatever. You know, I, I guess everybody in the South, you guys are from there. So, you know, everybody's a Christian, but they're not really a Christian. So, so I think if it, was, if it was a little bit harder to be a Christian, that might be a good thing. So I'm not going to fight to to make it mainstream. I think that um, whenever Christianity becomes Christendom or it has power, um, a lot of abuses happen, and I don't mind that it it I don't mind that it drops from uh, power. I don't mind that Muslims come in and they have you know six kids for every couple and they take over you know Christianity. Great, that that means Jesus can actually do some real real work there in in people's hearts. I don't know. It just doesn't really scare me. Toby? Uh, well, I, I, I'm kind of surprised here. You guys have both won me over. The best president possible is the chillest guy. Yep. <laughs> Most chill dudes. So. And I'm going to start praying that we're hunted down and killed for our faith. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Both Matt's have changed, changed me. That would be pretty cool. So It's uh, a good thing. <laughs> I, I think it's just interesting that Republican is synonymous with Christian, and that's what just is crazy. How many Christians I know like just go uh, Bill O'Reilly and Fox News, and you know that that, that, that that conservative America and it's all that stuff. Like if you go to Fox News, sometimes you can find links, the most links to like uh, nudity and pornography, and also like some of their so, on the side sometimes or at the bottom their entertainment section or something like that. I'm just like, man, it's not like Fox is this great Christian beacon for us. That's that's not who's speaking for us, is it? I mean, Rupert Murdoch yeah. invented Fox News, and he's the tabloid guy. From, yeah, I, I mean, you know. tap tap people's phones and all kinds of stuff. It's like the worst thing yeah. in the world. I mean, like we look to these Christian people that are uh, like, you know, uh, the people who are the Republicans. Like, just so many people go, oh, well, you know, the, he's going to make sure that that children don't get aborted and that that marijuana's not legal and that homosexuals can't marry. And you know what? The truth is, they're just putting on a persona to get those people to vote for them. They don't care. I mean, it's just, it's insane. I mean, the, like, like for example, I was reading an article the other day about Dick Cheney, who, you know, was our vice president for uh, eight years, and his daughter is a homosexual, and he's totally, always has been for gay marriage, 100%. Now, his other daughter's against it, running in Wyoming and trying to, that's one of her platforms, and I'm just like, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just bizarre. I mean, right. you know, if you're a Republican, then you better be against these things. Like, if you stopped homosexual marriage, that would do something. Like it would, like it yeah. would, like it would actually do anything. I mean, it it would be better if if you just did it for our economy well, I don't and know everything. About you, but, but but ever since ever since gay marriage became legal in Washington, I I I've felt a a huge burden. I don't know about you guys, and and also <laughs> marijuana. Oh, it's, gotten, it's gotten terrible. Yeah. yeah, since the marijuana marijuana being legal now, it's just zombies roving the streets and. It's just it's just funny how how you think a certain thing's going to respond like culture's going to respond to it but people are just going to be people law legal or not I yeah. mean yeah. I mean even when it comes to the abortion issue people are going to have abortions whether or not it's illegal it's just they're going to do it you know Yeah I think it's really weird we had uh we went up one time in Washington DC and there was a political activist campaign that wanted to teach us stuff about culture and have us do political stuff and they said that, you know, you guys actually change the culture. Laws and politics don't. So we want you guys to be out there and do th- for causes and stuff. They said when Roe versus Wade passed and abortion became illegal, 
the rate of abortion did not go down. It kept increasing just exactly the same. Sure. Yeah. So it was increasing, increasing, increasing. Then the law made it illegal, and then the rate the abortion was increasing right. because it just it, kept on going. Right. Because pe- people still did well, it. It just had nothing to do with the it law. Was, it just, and also, matter. it was like back alley, you know, abortion, yeah. home abortions, which are which are obviously messier. Yeah. So the point is, like it or not, the law isn't doesn't do a good job of regulating people's morals. And then even worse, what good does it do to regulate people's morals anyway? From It's not even a, a good Christian proposition to sure. say, we just want people to behave. That's right. just not what our book says. Right. Well, and and let me be clear, too. I, I, I think abortion's a, a, a very, very sad, terrible thing. And I, I definitely, I, I think adoption is the way out for that that's that that to me should be the focus of of the yeah. government is to to make adoption easier, cheaper, more readily available that the, the the system can be simplified and I think that that if we focus on the positive of adoption more than the negative of abortion yeah, I think that we can see change for good. So spend but, less time complaining about Obama on your Facebook and more time sure. volunteering at the adoption place. Well, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree because I think like when I see just people outside of abortion clinics, even if they're just, you know, they're being gentle with their, you know, uh, uh, campaigning against it or whatever, I just think, man, sure. if if people, if Christians said, okay, no matter what, there is a girl that is going in and her and her boyfriend or husband or whoever are walking in here or she's by herself walking in here to have an abortion, we are going to financially, phys- physically, emotionally, spiritually come around you and help you raise this child forever, then, yeah. then wow, that would actually mean something to somebody. Instead, what we, sure. are we actually saying as Christians, we want to stop abortion? But yeah, then you take care of it. That's your responsibility. You raise that well, kid. And then, and then, so 15 years later, we complain about how bad the crime rate is because there's all these sure. single moms with, you know, uh, with, with yeah. s- several kids that they didn't abort. And we're mad at them because they slept out, you know, had so many kids and, and they did right, this, like this, what, this. What good, are you, what, what good are you doing with red paint outside of an abortion clinic, throwing it on young mothers who, right. who walk out of there? You obviously had one of the most traumatizing experiences in their lives just happened to them. Like that doesn't do anybody any good. Yeah. I want to hear about what people are for. I don't want to hear what people are against, especially when they're attacking people who are suffering. Um, who may, who probably don't know Jesus? I think that's 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 probably the worst thing you can possibly do as a Christ follower is go to someone who isn't a Christ follower and then throw red paint, be it metaphorical red paint, on them and call them a murderer. It's that's that to me just misrepresents the Bible, misrepresents Jesus completely. You would think if the the the, the logical end of that would be if we had the power to, if a Christian had the power to, he could force with the iron rule, everybody to do exactly what he wanted to do, then everything would be better. Sure. I, w- I will make every law the way I want to. I, in fact, I'll make everybody Christian. I'm, I'll just slap them until they say, okay, 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 I'll be a Christian now. It's the Crusades yeah. right there. Yeah, that's that's interesting, man. You got a lot of good thoughts on that. Thank you for being in our discussion about it, and thank you for being on this podcast entirely. You've been a great first guest so far. Thank you, Thank you, Matt. you. Very thank good. you for having me, guys. Good. Um, I'll see you in a few. Thanks, man. Uh, real quickly, I wanted to go back to the book and uh, say that it is out on Amazon, and we have links up all over the place, but we have a, a one review right now, and it's really good. I won't read the whole thing. You can go go there and read it. But I did want to say that our Amazon.com sales rank is the highest it's ever been. We're at number 40,997. Wow. 40,000. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank we are we that. are selling like hotcakes. So uh, make sure you go check it out. It's very, as Matt McDonald would say, provocative, intense, uncomfortable, helpful. 
uh, honest. Um, can I read a little bit of this this person's? They they call it uh, a really fresh and honest look at the modern church and a modern believer. There are calls to action and insights that immediately prompted me to view my relationship with God and other Christians in a stronger, more honest, and real light. The book runs through several topics. It's just a great read. Look forward uh, to the conversations on badchristian.com. So, man, it is out there. We worked pretty hard on it, um, and I have read it, and it is pretty awesome, and I'm pretty proud of it. So we thank the Lord for giving us those words, we hope, and we hope we honor Him with that. Which is more evidence that you're a bad Christian, because you just said you're proud. No, no. You can't be proud of anything. It's pride. Yeah, I'm pro- proud of you. My daughter. Kid. Yeah. No. Probably. <laughs> okay, well. Hey, I, 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 I've, got it, I've got it up on you. I'm extremely disappointed in my daughter and myself. <laughs> You're such an awesome Christian. Because <laughs> pri- since pride is a sin, yeah. I'm super disappointed with my wife. No, I, I'm, I'm never more disgusted than my family, <laughs> yeah. than my immediate my family. My family disgusts me, and my own actions You can the, be the proud of other people. Yeah. <laughs> You're the closest with God if you're disgusted by other people that you love. <laughs> All right, well, let's get out of here. Thank you guys for listening. This is our second podcast. You have been, a, a, we have enjoyed it. I hope you have too. And thank you to Signal Lee for hosting and sponsoring the Bad Christian Podcast. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.